Hey, Hope Community Church, what is up? Uh, we are continuing our um, continuing our Colossians uh, Bible study, uh, and uh, we have made it into chapter three finally. And we're going to dig into a few verses because there's a whole lot right here in the beginning. Um, but Colossians chapter one says, or Colossians chapter three, verse one says, see yourselves co-raised with Christ. Now ponder with persuasion the consequence of your co-inclusion in him. Relocate yourselves mentally and engage your thoughts with throne room realities where you are co-seated with Christ in the executive authority of God's right hand. Become uh, Becoming affectionately acquainted with throne room thoughts will keep you from being distracted again by the earthly realm or the soul-ruled realm. These two verses are so good, especially in this moment, in this season. Uh, we talked yesterday about chaos and how there's two different options in chaos. You can either continue in destruction with chaos or you can create in chaos when you create in chaos is when you're releasing the father's goodness uh and we dug into john chapter 9 where um jesus said that um in response to the disciples asking who uh or who was responsible for the blind man uh, whose sin was it jesus said you guys are looking at this from the wrong perspective quit trying to place blame somewhere and look for opportunities to bring about a miracle or bring about the father's goodness and then he right then and there healed the guy uh showing that um Quit trying to place blame, just focus and look. And so here we see in this, in these two verses in chapter 3, um, Paul saying, hey, listen, uh, realize where you're at. You're not just hanging out somewhere on the side of the road. You're not a bum. You're not, um, you're, you're, you're not a piece of trash. You're not lower than low, but you're actually co-raised and co-seated with Christ. You now sit where he sits, which is with the Father. So now you're there with him. Okay, And so when the Father sees you, he sees Jesus. He sees goodness. He sees who you've always been since the beginning of time. And that is created in the Father's image and declared good. Now, we're the ones that do all kinds of crazy stuff. And we're the ones that don't do good. But the Father sees us as good and is calling us into that reality. Which is what Paul is saying. He says, see yourself and engage your thoughts with um, throne room realities or engage your thoughts with how the father sees things. And I know some of you have been raised like me your entire life. You were told that you're not good enough, that those around you aren't good enough, that situations aren't good enough. And basically been told humanity is evil. Well, that's not how the father created humanity. And that's not how we are intended to be. We're the ones that go down that path. We make a choice to go that way, but that's not who we really are. And in this moment, in this craziness, what we're actually seeing is humanity step up and be the good that they're created to be. We see doctors, we see uh, service workers, we see all these different places where miracles are happening. It's human beings being who they were created to be. Good. Is there stupid stuff going on? Yes. Are there stupid leaders? Yes. Are there people making bad decisions? Yes. Because that's what we do as humans sometimes. We make dumb decisions and we are turning to who we really aren't. 
But in reality, the Father has called us to the throne room where he is to see who we really are. And we find that through Jesus. And that's what Paul is encouraging us to do. He's encouraging us to relocate our thoughts. Quit putting him down here in this in this base uh, reality, this mud, this murkiness where we're making bad decisions and we're, and we think low of ourselves and, and anything that happens, we automatically go to a place where, you know, we're not good enough. We're horrible. Um, we're not, we're not, um, uh, you know, we're, we're not a good, uh, son or daughter. We're not a good mom or dad. We're not, you know, we, we put all this blame and we start looking for ways to punish ourselves. And, and the father is saying, would you quit? <laughs> You're good. You're, you, I see you as valuable. Um, be like you're intended to be. Be the mirror reflection of Jesus. That's who you really are. And it can seem really hard to do, but when you realize that you're created in the image of the Father and goodness is who you really are, when you see that, it becomes easier the fruit of the Spirit becomes easier. Um, the, the reality of who you really are. Because all the fruit of the Spirit is, is a description of who the Father is. And that is mirrored to us through Jesus. And that's who we're called to be. So the more we see ourselves as this is who we really are, the more we can operate in patience. The more we can operate in kindness, the more we can operate in gentleness. It might be hard in the beginning, but the more you realize who you really are. This is who I'm intended to be. This is my gentleness is my real identity. Goodness is my real identity. Patience is my real identity. The more you start waking up to that and have that as your present reality, that's throne room thinking, which is what Paul is saying here in, in chapter 3. It becomes who you really are. Think about it. You do the opposite right now. You automatically right now are saying things like, that's not who I am. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm a horrible person. You've been saying that. Some of us have for, the, for our entire lives. And guess what? That's who we are. And so if you do the opposite and start realizing who you really are, I am goodness. I am kindness. I am patient. I am these things because this is who the Father is and I am created in his image and Jesus is mirroring that to me, the more we realize that, the more we begin to actually walk it out. I'm not saying that it's easy, but what I am saying is, is that you can do it, okay? Paul says to become affectionately acquainted, to become, to make this real to us, to become passionate about it, that, that uh, we have throne room thoughts, that we begin to re relocate ourselves to where he is, where we actually are, and engage in those present reality understandings. This is who Jesus says I am. This is where Jesus says I'm going. This is where Jesus uh, declares that I am valuable beyond measure. Verse 3 goes into some quantifiers to tell you like, hey, listen, this is why. This is, the, you want proof? Well, here it is. Verse three, your union with his death broke the association with that world or with who you used to be or who you used to think you were. See yourself located in a fortress where your life is hidden with Christ in God. And in the beginning of this book, Paul says to go on a walkabout. Well, to go on a walkabout and see who the Father says you are and see who he is and see where you're located. And here he's bringing it up again. He's saying, listen, 
The, the death of Jesus broke you out of that false reality and brought you into a place where you can see yourself hidden. You can see yourself in Christ. Verse 4 says, The exact life on exhibit in Christ is now repeated in us. What Jesus displayed on the earth while he was here is now in us. It's, it's being repeated. Uh, we are being co-revealed in this same bliss. You know what bliss is, right? Bliss is when you're in a moment where it's just, woo! Some of, for some of you, that's chocolate. For some of you, it's that moment with your kids where you're all playing and it's just, oh man, this is bliss. Or maybe you're out with your wife and, and you're having a great time and it's just, man, this is sweet. You know, maybe maybe we could throw the word sweet in there. Co-revealed in the same sweetness. We are in this sweetness in him. And we are joined in oneness with him just as his life reveals who you really are. Your life, when you live from these, uh, when you live from this throne room reality, your life reveals him. It's the greatest gospel message that could ever be repeated to the earth is you living the real you out and the, the fruit of the spirit begins to flow. All of that just begins to reveal Jesus. And man, we're in a time right now where the church can actually be the church who we've always been called to be outside of the four walls. And now we're in our homes, we're in our neighborhoods, man. Revealing patience in our neighborhood, revealing kindness in our patience in our neighborhoods, revealing all of that is revealing Jesus and causing change to happen. Think about it, man. It's it's such a prime opportunity for for you to say hi to your neighbor, to you to actually sh just show patience and kindness, um, to actually take an opportunity like, hey, I'm going to the grocery store. Can I pick you up something too, so you don't have to go out. Um, crazy stuff like that. Um, I know the, the temptation here in this moment is, is to feel like, especially if you're a pastor or if you're, you know, a church leader or just, you know, you feel like you haven't been able to gather together and you feel like maybe you're not able to do anything. Uh, and you feel like there needs to be this huge impact. Like I, I got to do like, I see these other churches and I see these other groups of people and they're, and you know, they're, they're taking food to thousands of people and we're doing, Hey, listen, can I tell you something? That's awesome that they're doing that, but quit punishing yourself and, and see, you know what? I'm maybe I might not be able to do things on that level, but me being who I am and, and, and living from this throne room reality and being Jesus in this moment in my neighborhood and helping two or three, if we all did that, do you understand the impact that we would have? If all of us did and touched two or three lives just right here in our neighborhood, you know, so many people are like, this is a revival moment. Let me tell you something, that would be revival because Jesus would be revealed in our neighborhoods and lives would be changed because we're being who we really were intended to be. So we don't have to get caught up in, in what everybody else is doing. Just be you and do you right here, right now, and help other people. I know some people freak out when you say, well, you just need to be you and you just need to do you. And you think, well, that's just, well, that's putting yourself up or that's, you know, you're, you're looking at yourself and you're forgetting your neighbor. No, can I tell you something? For you really to be you and to do you, you do love your neighbor. 
You do connect with your neighbor. That's what all this is about. When you find out who you really are in Jesus, you're actually able to love like you're supposed to love. Let's do one more verse. Verse 5 says, Consider the members of your body as dead and buried towards everything related to uh, the sensual industry, the, the unclean, uncleanliness, the longing for forbidden things, the lust, the greed, which are just another form of idol worship. We'll do one more too. The, these distorted expressions are in total contradictions to God's desire for your life. All those things that put you in a position to where you're searching for and looking for and those things that are lying to you about who you really are, all of that should be considered as dead. All the things that used to lure you in and to try to trick you into who you think you were, but then you met Jesus. That stuff's dead to you. That stuff, you know, uh, if there's something that that you were caught up into that, that did deal with um, passions and things that, that kind of got you lost in a false identity, man. You're dead to that. That's not who you are anymore. You are now discovering and seeing God's design for who you really are. Man, this is so good. Idol worship is really, when it comes right down to it, idol worship is worshiping a false image of yourself. You're putting yourself in a position where you think you know more about yourself and you think you know more about who God really is, right? I mean, think of us. For the longest time, we thought that God was mad at us. He was angry at us. Uh, he was mad at certain groups of people. Um, you know, there's even been things said that the reason why all this is happening is because a certain group of people are, are living a certain way that contradicts how we think folks should be. So, you know... All of that is idol worship. It's putting, it's basically taking the picture of who humanity was created in the image of and replacing it with something else. And so the moment we shift and we begin to see ourselves from the perspective of where Jesus is, it's present reality thinking. This is how things actually are. When we begin to live that out, man, things begin to shift and to change. And we can become who we, who we really are intended to be. So we'll stop there. We'll, we'll pick up verse 7 tomorrow. Um, guys, it is, it is so good to connect with you guys with these, um, with these uh, short Bible studies that we're doing every day in the book of Colossians. And, and we're almost done. We're down to 3 and we'll be in 4 before you know it. And we'll be done with this chapter, this book. And, and we'll, maybe we'll go into another one. I don't know. Um, but it's just been good to connect with you guys. And just as a reminder, you can join our uh, Hope Community community page and connect with us. And uh, if you have any prayer requests, if you have any needs, please place those there. Uh, we'll pray. If there's something physically that you need, we will do our best either personally or connect with others that can help. Uh, we don't want you guys to go without. If, 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 you, if you need food, you need staples, you need anything, and you're like, man, I cannot go and get that. I cannot find it. I can't. Let us know in that, in that uh, community group, and, and we will try our best one way or another to, to hook you up with people, or we'll do it ourselves. And uh, we just, man, we just, 
we just want to stay connected and be a family. Uh, we're looking to do some extra things this week. Uh, maybe Thursday or Friday night, we're looking to do like a, a worship night where we're just going to do a couple worship songs uh, and hang out as a family. Uh, and then Sunday, uh, we're looking to do communion as a part of our um, time together. Uh, and then uh, we're going to get ready for the the upcoming Easter season, and it's going to be awesome. So thank you guys. We have some stuff coming up this week. Check it out, and uh, we'll see you guys later.